Hello guys, welcome back to Ragnarsson Invest Podcasts. Our today's guest, Svenja Teichtmeier from This Size. Welcome, Hi. welcome Hi. to our studio. Great Hello. to have you here. Love it here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Can you tell us what The Size is doing besides being amazing startups? Uh, full disclosure, it's one of our portfolio companies. So we were one uh, of the angels invested in you a couple of months ago. So uh, please tell us what is it that you're doing and what type of impact you're looking for? Yes, besides having amazing angels and investors on board, <laughs> we are Size as a B2B SaaS solution for fashion brands, meaning we solve sizing and fit um, for fashion and apparel brands when they produce, when they sell, just to make the whole process a little bit more efficient, um, saving them a ton of costs in terms, terms of returns, in terms of overproduction, obviously it That's why you guys are also with us, right? Because um, we also have a little bit of a sustainability angle or impact in um, saving some CO2 in the production process. Yep. I would even uh, say it's not a little bit, but probably we even try more. To, yeah, <laughs> that's one of the topics today, right? Like we're trying to make it a bit of a bigger thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That was one of the things that also uh, tempted us when we started to talk to you. And I think that's the story worth sharing because uh, the way we got to know each other is kind of a fairy tale in the fundraising processes <laughs> because um, we invested in the size uh, in a way that does not happen often. You did not come through the network. There was no introduction from anyone. There yeah. was just pure luck and cold outreach from your side on LinkedIn. Uh, your partner, Marita, reached out to me with a totally random message like, hey, we have a startup. Would you like to have a conversation? We're yeah. doing this and that. And I said, yeah, okay, why not? Uh, so we started talking. There was like this, uh, this uh, feed on in terms of, okay, you do in fashion, you do some impact. Let's talk. Uh, was I extremely confident I want to invest <laughs> after the seeing the first pitch deck? <laughs> Not necessarily, maybe. But then we started to talk, had one conversation, another, one meeting, and then we make a made a decision. So I would say uh, the process from our side and our perspective was rather smooth, but I can imagine, and I know firsthand from, from you that uh, it's not always the case. And you have <laughs> some cool stories about uh, fundraising and working with angels yeah. that you can probably share with us. Yeah, exactly. I think it's always like as a founder, right? It's, I mean, the most emotional part of the whole process and the hardest, the most exciting one, right? Like all of it comes uh, together. I feel like in the fundraising process where you try to get money, it's super exciting when you have people believe in your mission, right? Then afterwards, expectations are high, right? Like you have all these stakeholder management situations that you kind of need to manage. So I think for everyone, fundraising is always... And and the investor relations that come afterwards, always a huge huge topic, mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of people forget the investor relations. We did, like I think, for <laughs> us. like I mean, in the beginning, um, I mean, we also for size, right? We pivoted a little bit out of another startup idea, and we were just super excited to get some money and like try it out, right? Like build a MVP, like get the first hundred k in the beginning or in twenty twenty two. 2021 um towards the end and just build an mvp see if like our little crazy idea would work and if that would be a solution that can work and then um yeah sometimes it does happen that you get people in that you didn't think about before or maybe you had an inkling right before that it could be a potential topic where there's going to be um character misfits or Just you don't you're not best friends with everyone, right? Which I think in a professional context is also more than fine. But then figuring out how to manage them, I think, is a very little talked about topic. <laughs> 
<laughs> startup world. Yeah, exactly. What's happening after someone uh, give you the money? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We see it quite often uh, working with our portfolio that there are two types of founders, or probably more, but <coughs> two ge- making it uh, general ones that is sharing everything. Yeah. <laughs> And all the emails and all the calls are there every single month, and you basically know everything that is happening in the company, which is totally fine. But there are also some that do absolutely nothing, and there's <laughs> some like you know all the uh, shades of gray in between. Yeah. Um, but not ma- that's that's true that every single person is doing it differently, and there is no like standard. There's uh, not share not many people share the good practices on yeah. how to to re- navigate the yeah. investor relations. Uh, so, w- what's your approach to that? How do, what do you find uh, working for you? Or maybe let's uh, switch the topic, uh, switch the question. What what works for you? Um, I think what's more like what's really important actually to notice, or what I always find really interesting, right? Because if you talk to like we also have a couple founder friends that have been through the depths of it have built big companies and stuff like that right and they're always like yeah make sure you watch out who you're taking money from right which i think is a awesome advice and <laughs> advice you don't like i mean at the end of the day you don't always um i think it's not the most realistic actually like everyone says it like watch out where you take money from but at some point like what is the alternative like do you sometimes just die because you don't like <laughs> is that is that what you're doing if you don't want to like go with a certain person right and i think um yeah also just in beginning stages you don't even know what actually comes with it right like how much actual legal intertwinedness there is and i think in terms of managing it i it i think it's super super hard what you said like right the shades of gray between like sharing everything and sharing very little because i think like usually the people that are most difficult to manage probably get a lot of info right and because there's an more exchange needed and stuff like that right so it might also i feel like that would probably be an interesting hypothesis. I haven't even thought about this, right? But from an investor perspective, it might be like interesting. Is 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 it me because, or is it because this is like easy to handle and there doesn't need to be so much more info? Because then the people that are a bit more tricky to handle, right? Sometimes our approach is over information and like really filtered information, et cetera, et cetera, which then obviously it makes it difficult to figure out what do you give the others right so i think this information bit is the is the tricky part right because that's what you have afterwards like there's once a money stream that goes out it goes one way right and then afterwards you the the other direction is information stream right and that's the one you can kind of manage or not manage well <laughs> So I have a controversial question. Yeah, uh, did you have uh, cases when someone was, I don't know, asking maybe too many questions, not in terms of that you you don't want to share the information, but it just takes a lot of time and effort on your end and you just said, okay, this is too much. There's there's maybe no fit at, at this stage. Yeah, I think questions are not the issue. I love questions. Okay. I think the problem that arises sometimes is more comments and power plays, right? I think the question, I mean... Question, ask me all day long about whatever, right? But um, it's more power plays that come into dynamics, right? During funding rounds, like threatening to like basically tank the whole thing, right? If needed. And those like, it's more comments, more emails on a Sunday afternoon with like demands, right? Like I think that's more the issue than, than questions. And that does happen, right? Like, I mean, there's... Um, what you say like different founders there's also different angels there's and I would say like it's not the information I would say in terms of angels it's a lot of emotions right like because I get it like for especially for angels it's private money right like that that's why it's like a whole different story is when you once you then now we have like 
institutional investors and VCs in as well, right? Because they're higher to some degree, right? Obviously, they're still interested in your company <laughs> doing well, but it's different if you put your own private money or like you have your little uge or whatever, right? But you still like it's it's somewhat more like you you earned it. It's your your money that you made and you put that into a startup. And there are varying degrees, I would say, in terms of emotional attachment mm -hmm. to that money and that startup doing well. I think also especially maybe investors starting out that don't have like a huge exit yet or that just probably like started building a portfolio, have a couple failed ones and a couple like <laughs> trying to make it once, right? Um, and then you probably, I also get it, right? You probably try to like really foster the ones and um, try to turn control to some degree, which obviously doesn't work, right? Like it's not at all in your control. You have way too little info and then you try to request more info and that doesn't work out either because you're never going to have enough info to like really run the company from the sidelines <laughs> on a Sunday, right? Um, I, so I, I think, must say yeah. I, I experienced it at, uh, at different meetings. Uh, I mean, maybe not in your case specifically, but in, in general in my career. And I was, at the beginning, I was like surprised why those people are so, yeah. so deep into it. Like, obviously they invested. It's cool that they care about it. You're the ones who need to run the company, right? And, Yeah. It's just for their sake of being informed and maybe giving you some help and not for the sake of controlling or influencing the company in a in a heavy way. Um, so maybe that it's kind of sounds obvious in the hindsight, but mm -hmm. when I kind of joined the first time, I was just like, yeah, I mean, whatever, it's their company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's uh, that's super interesting, right? Because people do think very, very differently. And I like in the beginning when we had like some issues come up, we were like, oh my God, we're the, probably the only ones experiencing that, which is, it's never the case, right? But it, it, like also with like founder friends and stuff, like we never, I never talked about it, right? It was always like, if you, like you got the money, that was the difficult part, right? And then it's over. And then you just like do your thing. You try and obviously ask them leverage for, for um, I don't know, help, whatever, right? Like, but it was never the issue. Like, how do you manage if somebody doesn't, follow through and then now I started like having the conversation with a couple and everyone has the issue like every like <laughs> literally almost every founder I talk to has like someone in the cap table unless it's like I don't know unless they have like three people and it's all like professional VCs right and they got really lucky but it's really really common actually that there's like one two um where you really have to put the extra effort in and where you really need to figure it out right and then it gets really psychological and really really like deep into stakeholder management And it's that's a lot of time and energy, right? And I think that's the part where it gets annoying because it's not so much like figuring it out. It's more the energy that it takes from building the business, right? And then you're always already like annoyed. Mm -hmm. It's like, I need to build <laughs> this business and then you're happy, but you won't let me because yeah. I spend my Sundays giving you more info. But, but I have to uh, tell you that you're not alone in that uh, because sometimes uh, there are some type of calls where other angels also feel your pain when there's someone asking those questions or yeah. trying to give you advice that makes no sense at that moment, just trying to give value where it's not needed. And other people in the call also feel like, okay, there's, there is some yeah. misalignment here. This is not needed. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's a matter that uh, touches not only you, but also other investors sometimes. Yeah. When there is someone in the cap table, it influences everyone, not only you as a founder. So um, yeah. I feel your pain here sometimes. Yeah. Not often, fortunately, <laughs> but sometimes there are some yeah. cases. Yeah, I wonder if it then helps that it comes from other investors, right? Because it's always difficult as a founder to give the feedback even though like i mean we we 
did even have like proper feedback calls like we have like proper feedback calls with these individuals like being like hey can we talk about the way of working um but sometimes it's uh, it's always a different dynamic right just because i think there's the background of and probably it shouldn't be but there's the background of like one side gave money and these like especially in those cases these like power dynamics or like expectations in terms of who reports to who or who's working for who right in, which in theory it should be all just working together to build something cool <laughs> yeah. um but yeah i think super interesting topic and super like difficult to handle right like it's it's actually a huge thing huge thing to figure out so if anyone has one tips. of the solutions <laughs> to pull all the angels in and let the pool lead <laughs> deal with all those individualities yeah. yeah yeah or like but that's also that's actually like a super practical one that i would always do again like even those legal things that in the beginning you don't think about, like just attaching, for example, the pool agreement, even if it's not like if it's just a convertible note or something, already attaching the the pool contract basically to those convertible notes, right, would already help because then you don't have the conversation afterwards, after it's been like months and months of working together and like figuring it out, but that is already in place, right? Like I think there are some legal ways to like be better about it, but you obviously need to know about that before, right? It's interesting how it sounds from your perspective that you need to manage uh, your your pool of investors in a in a certain way. Yeah. Like for us, I think we we think we are in a situation where we own like basically almost nothing, have almost no influence. <laughs> it's a convertible note. Very often at the beginning, what all we, all we can do is maybe ask you like two useful questions, and obviously use our network or whatever resources we have. But it would never come to our mind, our mind to 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 kind of, ex I mean, yep. expect okay in a sense of working together, but not now. You need to report in a certain way and behave in a certain way, and you need to trick me into signing a pooling agreement or something. <laughs> uh, I remember when you when we had this call and you said, uh, "Yeah, there's this pooling agreement. Uh, would that be comfortable for you?" And I was like as if i haven't had any option <laughs> but for me i didn't i of, of course i mean if this is kind of what's what's in place what's the strategy i mean let's get get over it and mm. and focus yep. on the business right which um, i think is a very healthy approach by the way like <laughs> much appreciated <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> Um, there is one one thing that uh, that uh, is, is interesting to me uh, from the perspective of you being both female founders mm -hmm. and recently c closing your pre-seed round. Um, yeah, could you be able? To, would you be able to share a bit of experience, like from 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 that perspective, how how difficult it was? Like, did you experience any problems because of you not having I don't know a guy among the team or? Mm. Yeah. The topic of female founders. It's actually really <laughs> like it always comes up, right? Like now we're starting also to do like a little bit of PR. And um, yeah, it, I mean, I think if you're a tech startup and you start, right? And there's, um, yeah, there's two ladies, then that's always the topic. There's just not that many, even though it's starting to get more. Um, yeah, obviously <coughs> there's more to, like there's so many facets of it, right? And it's really, really difficult to break down. Obviously we have the stats, right? Like we know a lot of VC money, <coughs> It doesn't go to women, right? We know it's mostly male and then even l like a lot less mixed teams and then even less to um, to only female teams. Um, yeah, there's it's always funny, right? Especially now me being tech lead, right? Like it's usually it's like no way, like but who is actually like also an investor calls, right? Like but who is actually behind it? No, but who is doing your software development? Who is doing like your architecture? Who is doing the machine learning? Like for sure there must be like 
a few more people, right? Like there must be someone else. Like clearly that can't be you. Like maybe you have somebody else, but clearly that's not you, right? Um, so I think like there's some dynamics that you can feel really early on. And I think sometimes it's also like we, for example, have also, I mean, you also know when it's, when that's not never going to work out, right? Because you hear certain comments or you hear certain feedback. Like for example, we were in touch with this one VC and they also... I mean, we had an amazing investment manager coach us through a lot of things and he was really, really cool. He was a huge fan. Then we got into like the board pitch or whatever, right? The um, the meetings with, and <laughs> just like, it, it was obviously online. Um, I feel like everything nowadays is usually in these pitch events, right? And the camera's gone. It's just like these 16 old <laughs> white males. Um, and you just like, sometimes also and you just hear right like they start calling you girl or instead of a woman and you just like obviously nobody is going to invest into like underage girls right like I mean that's if you already like you can feel it sometimes even in the language like there's some bias and I think um, it's very not I mean, we all probably have biases right just being aware of them is probably a little harder for some than for others and there's for sure some investors that you talk to and you feel like it's we're on the same wavelength, right? And we're talking really like yeah. person to person. And then obviously, sadly, sometimes it does happen um, that you talk to investors and you know they, they are not really taking you completely full. And That's something I cannot really understand, specifically in your case. Like, how could anyone ask who's behind the product? When, when we asked you first question about product, after like a first minute, I was so 100% on board <laughs> with you being that person. Thanks. Like, I can't really understand why would anyone ask that question. So, um, ignorance. Uh, that's, that's my only comment. Yeah. I'm, I'm just curious, like, based on your experience at least, would you rather say that those biases are a subconscious or, or conscious or kind of a mix of both or I mean I think it's like with every bias that we have right whether it's gender race whatever like it's probably unconscious in all of us right and some are a bit better on reflecting about it and try to be more conscious about it mm -hmm. and then I think that most like the most ignorant ones are probably the most unconscious <laughs> so <laughs> I think like if you if you try to like reflect upon it a bit then you are, are starting to be a little bit more conscious and like yeah um I think yeah with most cases it's probably very deep ingrained and very um mm -hmm. you're just used to it. like I think it's uh, you're just used to seeing a certain image right of a tech founder black hoodie mm -hmm. male Mm -hmm. well, introverted and then that's the CTO and that's the acceptable <laughs> form of a CTO right um, and then you just yeah you just expect maybe your three dudes right that that sit across from you have their pitch deck look a little different you probably also see yourself in them right like we also I mean there's also a lot of studies on them right if you look at VCs that have a higher percentage or investors that have a higher percentage of women on their team investing, they're also investing more mm -hmm. into women, right? I, I think it's natural in us we invest in because it's so much has to do with trust. And I think you trust what you know, right? And you know yourself, right? If you, if you are the dude at a VC that has gone to the private business schools and you see another younger version of yourself that went to the same private business school is... Mm -hmm. is a confident young dude, right? You're investing that because you see yourself in that. So I think uh, to some degree it's natural. I think you just have to mm -hmm. hopefully reflect a bit more. <laughs>
Kasha, it's so good that we have each other. Of course. Exactly. <laughs> it's good that you have her. <laughs> yeah. That's why you invest like very... Yeah, I want to believe I'm balance. not biased uh, towards uh, male-only founders. <laughs> <laughs> male-only founders still still contact them. Well, uh, we have two out of seven uh, companies we invested in are female-led only and one mixed uh, team. So I would say not the best one statistic, but... Uh, no, but there. I think that like gives you a pro- puts you probably in the top 5% performance that's that's good <laughs> you see how lucky you are <laughs> by saying that i'm lucky you're biased that i'm the one who is lucky and <laughs> not kind of <laughs> let's not go there let's not go there uh Sveniak, do you have maybe some good practices um how to leverage the bias toward, uh, you know how to work with that basically yeah. how to how to fight it i don't know mm. what do you do with that what, i don't know if it's good <laughs> it's probably just funny like we have our we have our default white older dude that we take into calls <laughs> hi stefan <laughs> i mean he knows that like it just does it does help sometimes right obviously okay like granted he's also like extremely experienced amazing guy like really long in the industry and all of that stuff so obviously it's not just because he's male that he helps but um like we see the difference we we see what it means if there's literally like he can Mm -hmm. say the exact same thing about the market right which obviously it also has to do with his experience if somebody with that experience says it's obviously different than us saying it but we also have been in the industry for a couple of years right it's not like we don't know the industry um so but it, it you can see it sometimes like it does make a difference if if he says mm-hmm. it and if we then follow up and say like and we have this cool tool to deal with it um it does give it a little bit of a yeah i don't think it's a beautiful solution because mm-hmm. obviously i would love to be it, w- it would be lovely if we can just be two younger women going out and just presenting our tool and um, getting investors in and just that being good enough, which it is for a lot of, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I'm not saying this for everyone, right? But for some clients and for some investors, it does help that there's this check of approval of someone that does look like them. Mm-hmm. So that's our, we even like <laughs> once, before we had Stefan, we even like put someone called Lucas on our pitch deck just just to get even through the first screening sometimes. Right? We just like, oh. we just A-B tested it, if that makes a difference. And to like just put someone male in there. Mm-hmm. We okay. got we got a few more. I mean, our N was not big enough to be statistically relevant, but we got more calls with Lucas on the pitch deck than without Lucas. So I would say I would I call it entrepreneurial approach to the problem. Uh, <laughs> there's a problem. There's a solution. Greetings to Lucas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> greetings to Lucas. I hope he's well. Great work. Hope he's doing well nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think you're on a good track to to prove yourself by numbers and by by your work and the clients and projects you work on, yeah. rather than just putting a face in front of everything. So uh, fingers cro- fingers crossed English Thanks. English style yeah. uh, here. Um, I'm also very curious about the topic of sustainability and yeah. impact that we uh, touched at the yeah. very, very beginning. So your product by default is impactful, but that's not basically what you sell to your clients. That's not mm-hmm. your key selling point. You're selling the... Um, reduce reduction of um, returns, uh, reduction of waste on the production side, but yeah. impact is there's like nice to have at the end yeah. of the conversation. And how do you feel about that? Being impact uh, motivated <laughs> founder. <laughs> yeah, I think <clears throat> I think for most founders, right? Like if you ask any founder, I feel like um, 
uh, hopefully ninety-five <laughs> percent of them say like there's something bigger, right? Like most of them is not like yeah, it's one exit that I'm after. Most of them say like there's something like a positive impact they want to make in the world, right? So that's always like I feel like it's even like interesting to distinguish what's an impact startup, what's not an impact. Obviously, you can see it with like certain that really work towards more sustainability, but almost all tools that go towards efficiency, whatever, right, are to some extent have an impact. And I think like what makes it sad for, or like personally, I come from like a did development economics, right? Like started from the econometrics track, went like I worked for the United Nations. I'm mm-hmm. very hardcore, like white savior. At least like try to make a little bit of a positive impact on the world, right? Um, with everything I do. And that's like a huge part of what we do at SIAS is, I mean, what we do is insanely like, impact driven right it obviously also has the effect that it's really good for the bottom line of a company because usually if you have like huge inefficiencies also where you waste a lot of co2 that's usually also means operational inefficiencies right so i feel like for a lot of things they can go hand in hand especially if it's like b2b um solutions but yeah we also started i think i mean you guys are also our only like impact focused investors which i love by the way like i I always tell to like I always talk to Marita like we need a couple of, like impact people that push us to make it an operational priority, right? Because it's so hard to keep it a pr- operational priority if nobody like keeps you on your toes and make sure that you do those calculations, right? Because there's so much other stuff to do. So obviously, if you keep like if there's some accountability partner also in your cap table, that does make it a bit more easy to make it a priority. But yeah, it's um, I think it it almost like disappeared from our pitch decks (laughs) like the whole topic right in the beginning when we started out we had like four pages and we're like this is how it works right and nowadays mostly like if we do like a pitch that's a bit more stagey or whatever we show like big pictures of like trash um or like fashion trash right and that's probably the only time we talk about it right just to have like a little um, emotional appetite and then we go into what actually our business model means for VCKs, how much money you can make, how much MRR, like monthly reoccurring revenue we're planning for this month, that month, like what our goals are, right? And that's usually the metrics investors look at similarly clients, right? Like obviously it's the business case. What does it mean for my business? How cool is the tool? And then if we then say with one sentence, yeah, you also ship less back and forth and it's great and then they're like cool yeah we can take it into our sustainability report at the end of the year right with one sentence and that's almost it yeah i mean in the defense of uh, let's say regular investors so the one who are not specifically focused on impact uh the biggest risk for you at this stage is not to go bankrupt obviously yeah so the numbers need to be in place and everything needs to work but i think it's a healthy situation that when in the long run you have someone who just you know um looks at after it. yeah just after after so time asked the question again like yeah, yeah. okay but the, you know the vision was to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> concentrate <laughs> to on this so it's nice that you have all yeah. those numbers but you know what for if if maybe you're a bit off uh on the way to to, to realize your yeah. vision so um yeah i mean but that's maybe also super interesting like from an impact investor perspective right like maybe question back to you guys because like i find it super like how do you because you also obviously look at those KPIs first, right? I mean, you're not in the business of investing in like charity or like mm-hmm. philanthropy. Yeah. yeah, planting some trees, right? Then you would support something else. Um, so it's also, I feel like, very 
it it that's like I think in order to make it like a big operational priority, obviously it has to be somewhere in the KPIs, right? But it's always the last one, right? Or do you have any portfolio companies where it's not the last one? Like how do you make it an operational priority while building a sustainable not yet? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say none of our companies are at the position to bring that more into focus. Yeah, I think it's a it's a problem finding the right time. Where's the moment where you can actually feel you, when you feel confident about your money in a bank, yeah. sales processes in place. If you feel confident about those two aspects, then maybe that's the moment where you can think more about the impact and making it more operational. Because if you miss this moment it becomes a vicious cycle Be- yeah. without having those metrics in place. It's hard to convince another investors with an impact uh, aspect to join because there's no proof of impact. So if you don't find a way how to Im- implement it, yeah. then you would, it would be even harder to do it down the road and, and find people who will keep you accountable for that. So uh, I would say it's not that our companies are, are doing badly, but, uh, <laughs> but they are uh, at the, the various um, stages and, I think in my mind those two aspects are the most important to, to secure first before yeah. you go into um, into the impact. Yeah. Then I wonder if money. there's like purely impact startups even, right? Because then it's just a VC case startup that happens to have a... Uh, that's my philosophical dilemma at the moment, right? Because then it happens to have a cool impact at some point and a sustainability aspect. But it is, I mean, in the core, a VC case startup, right? I mean, from my from our perspective, maybe I'm going to answer a bit on a on a different level. Uh, d- d- during the first conversation, the the, the, f- the thing that we basically check is yeah. your motivation, yeah. like the motivation of founders. Yeah. And we sp- also spoke with with founders who were pursuing financial success, uh, or maybe or maybe not necessarily this one, but it, they weren't purely impact driven. But they had a very s- strong side effect of of bringing impact to the table. But if the motivation is not there for us, we we believe there is a risk that it's going to be forgotten hmm. in a few rounds. Okay. So, so if this is just a side effect, it could disappear mm-hmm. at Series A, B, whatever, mm-hmm. because everyone pushes into into the other direction. Yeah. But if you're you're motivated by by this, and okay, you're an entrepreneur, you're in the business of also making money, but not for the sake of just making money, because yeah. you want to have your own your own uh, influence and impact. Then it's cool. I yeah. mean, maybe the business is going to force you to deliver the numbers first. Yeah. But it's it's difficult to for you to to convince you to forget about it. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's so good. maybe no KPIs at the beginning, uh, the very beginning. If if this is just like a, consumes a lot of time to deliver. Yeah. But knowing that this is something that someone values, it's, it's just basically going to save us in the long run. That's the <laughs> hypothesis yeah. we need to confirm. Yeah, no, but that's cool. Would you, like, because I gave the number of like 95% of founders, would you then say it's way less that have like, because at least like who I talk to when they talk about their mission or whatever, I actually, I don't think I've ever met anyone that says like, yeah, I just want a huge exit. I don't think, like, maybe they are just not afraid to, like, say that out loud. It happens. Yeah? <laughs> then yeah. they're just like, yeah, my motivation is... Yeah, yeah. I've seen a couple exit. of pitch decks where there was a slide saying, yeah, the exit is going to be X amount of money, would happen in five years, and we will get there this way. 
So yeah. it, it happens. It's not often, but it happens. But like 95%, you mean motivating by money or? No, not motivated by money. Ah, okay. So that I, they I have, like okay. they're building something for something else. And even like if it's on the pitch deck, because like I get it, right? Because everyone asks you that question. So maybe those people also have like other, mo <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> but like, because that's the question you get asked, right? Like uh, no matter what your mission is, like, okay, but what do you expect the exit to be? And Yeah, it could be. There could be cases, so maybe founders don't focus on impact in itself, yeah. but they and maybe not necessarily on the financial success as, as kind of the first metric. Mm -hmm. But ter there always could be I don't know because this solving this problem is excites me, yeah. And maybe this problem is not particularly interesting for someone like me, but for this person it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So this is also a good reason. There is you know status reasons power yeah. reasons all sorts of reasons i wouldn't say like money is like s specifically high on the list yeah uh, obviously to some extent because of the sacrifice and the, the, the challenge the yeah. risks and so on uh but I'm, i'm not sure if this is like the major motivation yeah ah, so even the people you talk to because it's i mean it's quite obvious that when you reach out to you or when you get introduced that you don't i mean that you are looking for like an impact <laughs> mission. I mean, specifically when we speak with someone, uh, sometimes we, we get pitch decks that are at all impact related or at least not impact related in a sense that we think about okay. impact. Uh, so you always get to speak with all sorts of people, not purely impact driven founders. Yeah. Uh, but once you think you speak with impact driven startups, uh, founders, I don't know, there's probably like, Dozens of them who are not not exactly mm. motivated by impact. So dozens in the sense of I'm not sure if this is fifty fifty, maybe like seventy to thirty. Okay. So seventy. Yeah, interesting. And I I love the point you made that it's it's really about the motivation of the founders, right? That at the end drive it, because like also Nas, how we're looking for. I mean, we're. In, Thank God, not raising right away. We need a little bit of a break. But <laughs> once we like go into the next rounds and stuff, right? I would love to get more uh, impact VCs and also the bigger funds and stuff like that to go um, to join us, right? Because I think it's an awesome impact cause and that has also an awesome business case that we're building. But um, yeah, and we had some conversations with them, right? And it's, yeah, as you said, like it's always numbers, numbers, numbers. And I'm like, where does the impact actually come in? Like, yeah, we talked about water and co2 for a hot second in the first call and then we went 40 hours into the business case right where there was no co2 talk anymore <laughs> <laughs> whatsoever so i think it's a quite an interesting i don't know it's an interesting space to figure out where to fit in and how much priority does it get and maybe maybe you're right maybe it's just you have the motivation you build something and then at some point you're like now is the time <laughs> We're all as um, impact investors, uh, seed level, uh, yeah. just, uh, <laughs> listening <laughs> yeah. to us. Uh, just put uh, Svenja's name on, on your list. Tell me what you need. You to have see. a very strong, strong lead as of now. Just, uh, just uh, reach out in a few months uh, or so, and uh, there's going to be a good case. Half a year, too. more. Half a year. Hopefully, yeah. eight <laughs> months. <laughs> and we will make sure there are some impact numbers in place <laughs> or oh. impact uh, topic to to discuss. Uh, Cool. Svenja, many thanks for being with us today. Thanks um, for joining us, for letting me join your studio. How cool is <laughs> <laughs> the, the chemistry that we have and the love that we have for each other barely fit the room. Uh, so I'm glad <laughs> that... Uh, the room is going to take <laughs> off in a second. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for the conversation and sharing Thank all the insights. And uh, yeah, till next lovely. time. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
Thank you guys for listening to this episode. If you want to stay up to date with Impact Startup Scene and hear directly from startup founders and investors, sign up for Ragnarsson Invest newsletter at ragnarsson.com ri or click the link in the description. Thank you.